All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, today is our third ever episode. Uh, we're chugging along here, uh, getting better and better, at least, you know, I think we are. Um, on today's episode, uh, we go through some news, of course, uh, talk about the passing of um, a movie icon, uh, talk about a couple different reboots that are in the works, um, and then we're going to talk about the movie Dances with Wolves, and we have a new guest on today, uh, Jerry Fieser. Um, we'll get to him in a little bit. He's going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. So, without further ado, let's get real. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? Um, yeah, so I hope all of you know where that song is from. Uh, that's from Shrek. Uh, the first bit of news that we have today um, it's come, comes from a variety of the news source. Um, they're reporting that Universal Studios is working on a reboot of both Shrek and Puss in Boots. Uh, Chris Melodandry, who is the producer, and he's basically in charge of just overseeing the whole project. He wants to work with the original cast of voice actors for this reboot. Um, they released a Shrek movie last in 2010. It was Shrek Ever After, I believe it was the fourth one. Um, and there's been talks about sequels and revivals ever since. Uh, Eddie Murphy actually said in 2016 that he wants to come back and, you know, obviously voice Donkey. Um, yeah, he's been talking about doing a fifth movie pretty much forever. Um, it's kind of unclear now whether, you know, it's going to be a remake, a reboot, a sequel, you know, you know, whatever. But, yeah, that's why I played that song at the beginning. So, yeah, um, obviously I'm David Oth. I'm here with Chris Miskey again. And our guest, as I said earlier, is... Hi, my name's uh, Jerry Fieser. Thanks for having me on, David. Yeah, Jerry's our boy. Um, for those of you that don't know, we're all in a fraternity. That's how we know each other, just for like the three people that listen that, you know, we're wondering how we all got on the show. Um, so I'm actually going to play something for you guys now, uh, not related to the news at all, um, but I was going through tracks that I wanted to play for either the intro or outro, um, and I came across this one, and there's two possible things that you can recognize this song from i'm gonna play it and you know the first person to guess it gets a high five but it gr drove me crazy when i first heard it so have fun just shout it out whenever you think you know it i think that's from the good bad and the ugly oh my god ladies and gentlemen he got it yeah, no, that was incredible. No, so I'm listening to tracks uh, a couple days ago, and this comes on. Um, I saw The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly when I was, like, very, very young, so I honestly just have no memory of it. But So this is from that movie, but it's also from Modelo commercials, which is, like, why it was driving me crazy. And I still, like, for a day, I, w I wasn't going to Google it. And then I'm watching TV, and a Modelo commercial comes on, and I hear this, and it just snapped in my head. So... I just I had to get your opinions on that. Um, yeah, so I guess in celebration, going back to Shrek, in celebration of Shrek, uh, I was going to have Chris and Jared. Jared isn't here today. Uh, he's busy with homework. I was going to have them do a reading of a scene from Shrek. Jerry, are you, are you comfortable doing this? I, I think I can do that. Chris, obviously you're going to be Shrek. 
Oh, oh, there we go. Okay, I have a a fairly killer Shrek voice, I think. Okay, (coughs) do you guys have the the script up? Yeah, Uh, I think I do. Okay, ready? All right, take one, go. Why are you following me? I'll tell you why. Because I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to deride me. But you gotta have faith. Stop singing! It's no wonder you don't have any friends. Well, only a true friend would be that cruelly honest. Listen, little donkey. Take a look at me. What am I? Uh, really tall? No, I'm an ogre. You know, grab your torch and pitchforks. Doesn't that bother you? Nope. Really? Really, really. Oh. Man, I like you. What's your name? Uh, Shrek. Shrek? Well, you know what I like about you, Shrek? You got all, you got that kind of I don't care what nobody thinks of me thing. I like that. I respect that, Shrek. You all right. Whoa, look at that. Who'd want to live in that place like that? That would be my home. Oh, and it is lovely. Just beautiful. You know, you are quite a decorator. I'm, it's amazing you've done with such a modest budget. I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. I guess you don't entertain much, do you? I like my privacy. You know, I do too. That's another thing we have in common. Like, I hate it when you got somebody in your face. You're trying to give them a hint and they won't leave. That's, there's that awkward silence. Can I stay with you? Uh, what? Can I stay with you, please? Oh, of course. Really? No. Please? I don't want to go back there. You don't know what it's like to be considered a freak. Well, maybe you do, but that's why we got to stick together. You got to let me stay. Please, please. Okay, okay, but one night only. Ah, thank you. What are you? No, no. This is going to be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. All right, that was either the best thing I've ever heard or just awful. Chris, your donkey or your Shrek impression is unprecedented. It's very, very good. I'm sorry that I put you through that, listeners. Um, <laughs> yeah, let us know in the comments what you thought or just text me since I think everyone who listens, you know, has my number. Um, moving away from Shrek, finally, Damn. Um, is about darn. Darn. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Uh, this movie I've been hearing about for a while now. Um, and they released a trailer like early this morning. Um, the trailer, you know, has Pokemon in it, just live action Pokemon. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is starring as Pikachu and Justice Smith is like the main antagonist. Um, I don't really know what to think. You know, originally when I heard the news about this movie being made, obviously I thought it was animated. And then when I heard that it wasn't animated, um, you know, I was like, all right, this is just going to be really awful. And the rumors originally were that The Rock, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, was going to voice Pikachu. I, I wouldn't have watched the movie. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is already a bit of a stretch, but uh, I think The Rock just makes it a hundred times worse. Um, the I trailer wa- honestly didn't look bad. Like, <laughs> So, I yeah, I watched the trailer for this, and I 
first of all, was very angry at the very beginning of it just because I've been put through so many Pokemon movies that have been so bad. And I, I love the franchise, but it's just it, – they've never done well with it. And then I – I saw like the CGI for like the different like obviously the different characters, the different Pokemon, and it's not as bad as I was expecting. I mean, we we are in 2018, so fair enough. I mean, that just makes sense that it's good. Yeah, the CGI actually looked incredible. Yeah, it looks it looks very good. And I do like Ryan Reynolds. I I don't know how he's going to be as Pikachu, but um if the storyline holds up, I think this could actually be a a solid film just because of the the Pokemon like everybody loves it, so yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, I honestly can't believe we're talking about Pokemon, but uh, like with the Pokemon Go kind of like coming back, and it was only released like two years ago, so like I feel like Pokemon is a lot more in the mainstream. Oh, Chris is literally playing right now. Okay, cool. Catching a ride. It's um, it's a lot more in the mainstream now, so I think that's probably what pushed them to even like, you know, have interest in doing this movie. Um. So yeah, we'll keep you updated as uh, more about that uh, comes out. I actually don't know when that's coming out, but I think um, it said like summer of 2019. Oh, okay. Not exactly. Yeah, it does seem like a summer movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this next bit of news uh, is about Game of Thrones. We actually talked about this last week. Um, we talked about the Long Night, and HBO pretty much came out and told George R. R. Martin that that wasn't going to be the title of the spinoff. Um, he wrote again on his blog. I guess. George is a blogging man. He should be focusing on writing the next book, but, you know, can't get everything you want. He wrote, um, oh, I should also mention HBO has informed me that the Jane Goldman pilot is not yet titled The Long Night. That is certainly the title I prefer, but for the moment, the pilot is still officially untitled. Um, yeah, just a little little small bit of news about that. Uh, I think whatever they title it doesn't really matter. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to get a lot of viewers. Um yeah, next uh, is kind of a spinoff, kind of not a spinoff. Um, for those of you that were watching Breaking Bad way back when, you know, know a lot about this, um, know that the finale kind of left things up in the air. Um, the series creator, uh, Vince Gilligan, he'll be writing and executive producing a Breaking Bad movie. Yeah, a movie. Um, all we know so far is that Aaron Paul, who plays Jesse Pinkman, he's going to be reprising his role. And the movie will be set after the events of the finale of the show. Um, Jesse Pinkman, the character, uh, pretty much just got hit with every piece of bad luck during that show. Um, I think Aaron Paul, if you guys have seen Breaking Bad, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Aaron Paul in that specific role is one of the most incredible actors. Um, I mean, he loses pretty much everything he loves, like everything and every person that he loves. Um, I mean, he won three Emmys for it. Uh, three Emmys for Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. AMC knows drama, guys. I mean, not to, you know, quote them. It's like that's their tagline or Yeah, something. I know. Yeah. Weird. Um, the other bit of news uh, involving this is that Brian, Can- Brian Cranston, who plays Walt, you know, the main character, said that he would absolutely reprise his role. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Would you be interested? So uh, They're going to make this movie, but would you rather see it be like solely about Jesse or, you know, have a bit of like Walt flashbacks in it too. I don't think that you can make a breaking bad movie without Walt in it. Um, first of all, Brian Cranston phenomenal in that. Yeah. I don't yeah. like, I, I don't have any issue with him coming back just purely because of how well they work together on the screen. Um, I think it's just going to make the overall movie better. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I'm excited to see how they continue um, the series, obviously, with, uh, you know, Jesse kind of leaving the scene there. Um, but I, I really do think that they should have some Walt flashbacks that would really yeah. add to it. Yeah, I don't think he should be featured, like, too heavily. But I definitely think that, you know, it's a little bit necessary to kind of explain, you know, where the story starts. Um, did either of you guys watch uh, Better Call Saul? I I watched the first, like episode or two of it but i i could not get into it nearly as much as i did like the original series yeah i did the same thing i think i watched the first couple of episodes um it's not that it wasn't interesting i just kind of like fell off um i actually enjoyed it from what i watched and like all the reviews i've heard are that it's amazing um you know hopefully they'll kind of intermingle with the storylines um but yeah no that if you guys haven't seen breaking bad uh i know it when was the finale like four-ish years ago, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think it's about 2015. Yeah, I mean, you guys have had time to watch this show, but if you haven't watched this show somehow, please, for the love of God, watch it. It's incredible. Some of you know the best TV that I can recall. Um, moving on now, uh, for those of you that have seen uh, Kingsman, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. No? Not a huge fan. Yeah. No? All right, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, so this is kind of a bit of a shock. Uh, the main character... Uh, Taron Egerton, he won't be coming back uh, for the upcoming third movie. Um, he played the franchise's main character again, Eggsy, in the first two films, but the character isn't part of what the director, Matthew Vaughn, has planned for the next film. Um, I actually haven't seen either of them. Uh, my girlfriend, Gracie, said that she watched the first one and she didn't realize it was a serious movie at first. She thought it was like, like a parody because of, I guess, how she didn't like it. Yeah, no, it's it's like... I, I understand, like, it's supposed to be serious, like, actors like Colin Firth and everything like that. Like, yeah. But it was unbelievably poor as far as, like, being a serious movie goes. It was just, like, that, like, comically, like, stupid. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought it looked kind of interesting, like, way back when the first trailer came out, but, like... Yeah, I thought it was interesting. That's why I went to go see it, and yeah. it was entirely too underwhelming. So yeah, I'm not at least ten bucks. I'm not the biggest uh, like spy movie guy. See, I, I I grew up like I've seen like all the Bond films. Yeah, like I I love the Bond films. I have them all like at home, and I just was like hoping like there was like another like spy franchise. Like Mission Impossible is obviously like, a really good like spy franchise as well. But yeah. like I was just hoping like maybe like another one would like pick up and take Bond's place. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so a little bit of Star Wars news. Uh, this is actually really exciting for me because, you know, I love the character and the actor. Um, so the Disney CEO and chairman, Bob Iger, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he announced today, or this is a couple of days ago now, uh, that Lucasfilm is in development of a second Star Wars live action series for Disney+. Plus. Um, that's the company's new direct-to-consumer streaming service. Uh, the series, it'll go into production next year, follows the adventures of Rebel spy Captain Cassian Andor, during the formative years of the Rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, Diego Luna, of course, being that actor that played uh, Cassian Andor, is going to be reprising the role. Um, he voiced on Twitter that he was excited to come back to the universe and that he has a lot of like fond memories in it. Um, I loved Rogue One. I loved him in it. I think Honestly, I think Rogue One gets a bad rap. I thought it was incredible. But um, I think, you know, Disney's really moving forward with a lot of these like live action shows we talked about them doing uh what was it um well i can't remember falcon and uh not captain america last week but um 
Sebastian Stan yeah. and uh, Scar- Scarlet Witch too and mm-hmm. Loki. Mm-hmm. But like they're really, you know, going all in on these series. And I, I think this one's gonna be really good. I think he's a good character to base this around. And I think the actor uh, in Rogue One at least like really shined through. Yeah, Rogue One was it, it, it was the movie, like the plot line itself was like a necessary evil that mm-hmm. they had to get through. And I think they did the best possible job that they could have to get through that movie just because it, it was such like a, it was a plot hole that like needed to be filled and they absolutely like fulfilled it. Yeah, you're talking more. about obviously um, like the fault in the Death Star plans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's for those of you that don't know, like that was one of the biggest plot holes like in any movie. Uh, the fact that like someone just put in like this destructive mechanism in the Death Star in the movie. Uh, obviously, it wasn't like the first thing they thought about, but it filled that plot hole because they explained like why that uh, destructive mechanism was in there. Um, but yeah. Um, moving on now to a little bit of TV news. I know Jared isn't here to talk about this, but he sent a frowny face whenever I sent this bit of news into the chat. Um, this is about ALF. Um, back in August, it was reported that Warner Brothers was in the early stages of developing a reboot of the hit series um, that ran from 1986 to 1990. At the time, the studio was looking for a writer to take on the reboot. Now, however, a report from TV line indicates that it will ult- that it ultimately wasn't a search for a writer that stopped the reboot in his tracks, but it was the fact that no network wanted it. Um, I don't know. It's understandable. It's a darn shame. That's what it is. Yeah, we need we need to just stop rebooting movies, R- movies and TV shows specifically. Like, I it's getting a little bit out of control. Yeah, like uh, I grew up like watching Alf. Like my my parents were huge fans of Alf. Uh, so that was unfortunate for my childhood, and I don't think anybody should have to go through it again. Yeah. Um, so it's probably for the best that no network wanted it. Yeah, I I don't think this uh, current generation of children should be exposed to that uh, that type of TV show. Um, our next bit of news is actually I didn't even see this one coming at all. I mean, I knew it was like in the works, but I didn't even like realize that it was happening. Um, so this morning, actually, a lot of news happened, like, earlier today. Like, if we recorded this yesterday, the show would have been a lot shorter, but, like, a lot happened today. Um, so Disney earlier today released the poster for Toy Story 4, um, shows Woody tipping his hat at the viewers, and the date, June, June 2019, is at the top of the poster. Um, the teaser trailer was also released. Um, I don't know if, Chris, you watched it. I know, Jerry, you said you did. Uh, it's kind of weird. Um, it pretty much shows all the toys, you know, Buzz, Woody, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, Jesse, um, you know, holding hands and spinning around. Uh, I don't know what song is playing. Some happy song is playing and they're all like smiling, having fun. Um, and then it shows this plastic spork toy with, uh, what was it? Um, pipe cleaners. Yeah, pipe cleaners for eyes and like appendages. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't be here. And then they all fall down and like that's the teaser trailer. Um yeah, it was kind. It was kind of weird, but I guess they're kind of they're trying to like stir up interest um, in the movie again. So I mean, there was also that report that came out like I think it was a week ago, maybe less. Like I think it was like over the weekend, yeah. where uh, Tim Allen was saying that like uh, Tom Hanks like couldn't get through like the the reading of the role with like looking at everybody, yeah, like in the last line, yeah. So like. I, I saw that and I didn't think there was going to be any more news from like Toy Story 4. Like I saw that and I completely forgot they were filming it. Mm-hmm. And then like all of a sudden they're like, yeah, here's a te- teaser trailer and a poster for you. And I was like, 
Jeez, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up watching the first and the second one, and then I think the third one came out. I must have been, like, in ninth, eighth or ninth yeah, grade. Yeah, we, like, we were close to high school. Yeah. Um, but I watched that one, obviously. The the end was very sad. My dad took me, and my dad, like, got upset um, because, like, he, he watched us. He watched the movies with us when we were kids. Um, so a lot of emotional connection, I think. That's going to be one of those movies where, like, a lot of adults end up going, like, more than kids. Yeah, I think this is kind of going to be it uh, for Toy Story, unfortunately. And that's that's probably why everyone's going to cry that this is, you know, the the end of the, the yeah. series. You know? Yeah, I don't think they can really milk it out for any much more. Yeah, like. I mean, I, I love Toy Story. I mean, uh, i got to say the second one's my favorite, but um, it can only go on for so long, unfortunately, until we say goodbye to the toys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, I love those movies growing up. They really, they really, really got me with the third one. Whenever they're all in the incinerator and like they don't die at the end, like that, that kind of scarred me. Didn't really know who to trust after that one. Um, this is just kind of like for your opinion. What like Disney movie do you think they're gonna like, or like I guess Pixar like go back to next? Because I was thinking in my head that like sooner or later they have to go back and make a second up, right? I I think Up would be a good choice. I was thinking also maybe Bugs Life because that Bugs Life that only has one movie to it. Really? And I it, thought Bugs Life had got a sequel. Did it? I thought it did. Oh. I check. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, I honestly, do you watching Ants? I, I okay, have seen. I love Ants. ants. But okay. In, in my like, head, sorry ants to interject, is but the, like, I love Ants. Like, and any I don't understand people who don't like Ants. <laughs> Chris's there, there, favorite. There is a. Uh, Favorite quote from The Office is about ants. There, there is a uh, second Bugs Life. There oh. is a second Bugs Life. There is really. Well, wait, let me. I was fairly sure that there wasn't. Oh, maybe there. Okay, there was talks of it. Ah, uh, wow. okay. Okay, yeah. No, I think I think Bugs Life is definitely something that Bugs uh, Life. Also, I think uh, Wally would oh, get another yeah. one Wally just because be like the the current yeah. like political climate with yeah. like everything like environmental and everything. Um, I don't think that would necessarily go unnoticed. Yeah, I think Wally was amazing just because of kind of like the uniqueness of it. Um, they told like a very different story. I mean, like I guess like plot-wise, it wasn't too different, but like I guess like the qualities that went into it were very different from anything else. It was. I mean, it's like, about a robot. Yeah, like, I recently watched like not like recently, but like probably within like the last like two years, like and like the political commentary on it is like just so unnoticed whenever you are like a kid. Yeah. So like I'd be, I wouldn't put it past Pixar to revive that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I guess regretting saying up now. I don't even know where they'd go with a second up, but like you guys cried during that, right? Oh, absolutely. Like opening scene. Oh my God. That was so sad. It was just way too sad for a kid's movie. Um, our last bit of news, we didn't do this earlier, right? Uh, the moment of silence after Stanley. Yeah. Uh, we did not. All right. So we are going to hold a 10 second moment of silence. Uh, for those of you um, that heard or didn't hear this morning, uh, the creator of Marvel, pretty much, Stanley, passed away this morning. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. I know that was fun to listen to. Um, yeah. I'm going to miss him. I mean, I don't think he really did too much for Marvel, you know, these past 10, 15 years, aside from, you know, just go to shows and, like, appear in the... Uh, the cameos. Yeah, the cameos. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the man pretty much built Marvel up 
from what it was. Um, I mean, he created what Spider-Man, Daredevil, Black Panther, Thor. Like, if he hadn't have created some of these characters, like, can you imagine what like the Marvel universe would be right now? It would not be as interesting. I I don't think I'd be the man I am today without Spider-Man. So uh, <laughs> it's a big thank you. The thing. So this was a question that I got during class. I just wanted to bring this up. So me and the, some of the kids in my class were talking about this. Do we think that? Infinity War was his last cameo, or do you think they filmed one? They already had like one like on deck, and like he'll make one last cameo. They, uh, I think they probably did one. I, I was talking about this with uh, one of our friends, Clay Manley, earlier, um, and he also thinks that he they they did one preemptively to put him in there. That, so. That's what I would think. Like yeah. with like obviously everybody loves the cameos. Like there's that one scene in Spider-Man whenever he's like standing beside me, he's like one man uh, doesn't make a difference, mm-hmm. and then Deadpool, he's a DJ, in the strip club, yeah, yeah, in the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody loves those cameos, so I wouldn't. That's what I'm trying to like wait and see like what the next Marvel movie is that he makes a cameo. Yeah, uh, he actually he makes cameos in like the Marvel like Netflix series. Um, he's not actually like in them in person, but he is like in the background on like posters and pictures. So I think, honestly, like, that's probably what they'll do from now on in the movies, too, is just, like, have him in there. Obviously, they're not going to, I don't think, like, CGI him uh, like they did with uh, Carrie Fisher and, like, Star Wars. But I think um, I think he's going to be in them in one way or another. I think he's too, I guess, like, like cemented into being in that role uh, where they wouldn't put him in it. Also, shout out to Stanley Superhumans. That show was weird. <laughs> so odd. Yeah, so that's all the news that uh, we have for you today. Um, again, I like half of this stuff happened this morning, so I'm just glad that we caught it um, and we're able to get it onto the show. Uh, we're going to have Jerry give a quick little review of Bohemian Rhapsody. We talked about it last week, um, and none of us had seen it. Jerry and Jared went and saw it. Um, so, you know, Jerry, take it away. So, um, I, I'm going to admit, I, I'm not a huge Queen fan at first, um, before going, I know many can't believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it, it kind of, it changed my perspective on them. I, I really thought they were kind of generic overplayed. I mean, you hear, we will rock you at literally every sports event and, um, it kind of gets you after a while, but, um, then the, the movie begins and, um, uh, Freddie's laying there in bed and uh, he has to get up for his day and um, of course his day is much different than anybody else's and he gets on his Rolls Royce and goes to his concert um, and that's really all you see for the beginning and then it goes into um, it goes back in time to 1970 before he's even a singer and um, y- you kind of see from there how the band is formed um, it's it's pretty simple, you know. He goes and sees some of the shows. They're they're not called uh, Queen yet. Uh, I forget what the name was. Um, but he uh, takes a liking to these uh, two guys and the way they play guitar. The singer quits, and he says, I, "You know, I'll, I'll obviously I'll sing for you." And um, they're like, "Yeah, we you know we're not really uh, looking for one right now. We're we're kind of thinking about splitting up anyway." And he shows him what he can do with his uh, vocals. And uh, they they love it, so um, they they have more, and um, they form this band, and I believe then they find a drummer as well, uh, and they're they're kind of set from there. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of a, a pill battle for them, but uh, they get it done, and um, then uh, they get into like how they just travel around the world and the record deals they get, 
um and uh then it gets to the the peak which is uh the live aid concert mm-hmm. um which was that concert back in the 80s uh to help uh people starving in africa um and it was uh also very good it was it was almost kind of like you were you were in the audience listening to the band play um it, you know the, the whole movie shows everything the good times the bad times that the band went through and uh, at the end I, I really had more of a respect uh you know, and it, their music seemed more genuine to me. I've actually been listening to them more uh, these past uh, this past week. So yeah, it's a very good movie. Um, so you said you didn't like Queen. Like, do you feel glad? I guess that you saw it now. Like, you know, as someone who isn't a fan. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, at, at first it was just like um, I was I was going with my friends. Um, you know, here's Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, I've heard that song plenty of times. Yeah. Um, I really thought that's what it was going to be about, but I mean, it was about a lot more. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I, I really like think they, they got the whole backstory down and, uh, they made it a lot more interesting. Um, I thought that there was going to be uh, a different ending, um, because obviously we all know, uh, Freddie Mercury had, uh, AIDS, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. And, uh, that's kind of, uh, that was the reason why, um, he passed, but, uh, I, I thought they were going to, you know, have that, um, at the ending to to show you know his his struggle with uh the disease and whatnot but they just kind of the movie ended after like about the concert and uh it, it was kind of just like you know uh, a little blurb about you know unfortunately in this date i think it was 91 you know freddie mercury passed away it was pneumonia he had um and that was kind of it for the whole uh aids thing or how he how he died of his disease but um uh overall i mean you know again great movie so yeah i don't know if chris you saw this chris is almost as much of a twitter fiend as i am i need to get off there um but someone put up uh, a comparison of the live aid concert in the movie and then like right next to and like time synced with like the real one and you can see like there was like times when i couldn't even tell which one was the movie one and which one was like the real one like that's how i guess like detail oriented they were when making it and they pretty much got like every step every fist raise fist raise like ev- like every little thing that he does like in that performance and they like put it into the movie like it was really really impressive to see that too yeah i still have yet to see the movie but i did see that live aid video and i've seen that live aid like performance like so many times just because it's like the most like popular thing and like i'm so glad that they made it like they tried to go like punch for punch with like freddie mercury's like yeah performance because if nothing else like he's a fantastic singer but he's probably the best stage performer that anybody has ever experienced that's like bar none michael jackson's like up there but like freddie mercury is the one who like started that whole wave and he was like people go to queen concerts for his stage presence rather than like uh like the music necessarily he's so like his like magnanimous on on the stage so i'm glad that they like went like that for it so yeah um so this last bit about uh bohemian rhapsody that i'll say um so my mom listened to the podcast uh the previous one i made the fatal fatal mistake of sharing it on facebook um and of course she listened to it thank god she didn't share it um and you know tag all of her friends in it or whatever um but so she texted me uh, last week we talked about how uh, uh, he's lip syncing the actor uh, Rami. As Rami, how do you say his Rami name? Rami Malek. Rami Malek. I okay. It's so simple, but I just have such a small brain, I guess. 
Um, so True. yeah, we talked about how he's lip syncing. Um, and apparently he isn't actually lip syncing. My mom texted me, um, no, he's not lip syncing. They mix his voice with Freddy's. Do not speak about a movie unless you've seen it. Thanks, mom. Um, so that was Harsh nice. critics. And wow. then, yeah, she, she kind of, yeah, she said that we should have guests on too. So Jerry, welcome. Um, yeah, actually, I 100% thought that he was lip syncing. I didn't know. I guess, I don't know how they did it exactly, but mixing the two voices, but I guess that adds a little bit of sense of like authenticity because it's not just the actor, uh, but it's not just uh, Freddie Mercury. So, yeah. Hmm. Any any lingering thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody? Um, I still have to go see it, so I'll just leave everything unsaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about The Grinch uh, for a couple seconds here. Um, on Thursday, this movie came out this past Thursday, I think the 8th, I want to say, I don't know. Um, and I wrote an article about it for a century. Um, I don't, have you guys even like seen a trailer for it? I've seen the trailer and I heard the soundtrack was tied with the creator. So I was very excited for that kind of, because I love him, but also it's really weird. Yeah. Um, so I went and I saw, I had just the absolute lowest expectations for this movie. Like I thought it was just going to be straight garbage. Um, I'm not like the biggest Illumination Studios fan. Um, for those of you that are listening, uh, they make the Minions, and they're very, they're so simple, but they're so polarizing. Like you either love Minions or you just hate them, like with a passion. And I think I've come around to loving them a little bit more. Um, at first, I hated them. Stop laughing. At first, I hated them, but like, I don't know. I don't know where I am with them. Um, but. Yes, the same studio that makes The Minions and Despicable Me. Uh, they also made The Lorax and Secret Life of Pets. But all of their movies so far, I think except for one, has broken $200 million at the box office, which I guess is impressive too. Um, and then, so again, I went in with very low expectations, but this movie was actually decent. Like, there's a lot that went into it. Um, like, the animation style uh, is obviously more updated from the original the original came out in 67 i want to say off the top of my head um i believe it's 66 but do go on okay yeah correct me no yeah it is 66 um so the animation style obviously is updated um it's by a studio that does just he's looking it up right now i know it's 66 you're right (laughs) um you know they just do animation so you know it was a lot softer on the eyes you know a lot more detail go ahead say it it was 67 was it? Yeah, go on. All right. Thank you. I guess I was right. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Um, and also the cast in it. I guess the cast was very, very good. They had Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. I never spell it right. Um, they had Rashida Jones. They had Keenan Thompson from SNL. Uh, Welcome to Good Burger. Home of the Good Burger. That guy. Um, who's the other one? I can't remember who it was. But they had, you know, just a bunch of current actors uh, playing his roles, you know, in the movie. And then they also had Run DMC, uh, Pentatonix, and, you know, Chris said it earlier, Tyler, the creator, on the soundtrack. So, you know, that alone made it feel more modern. And then there was a lot of, like, pop culture references that kind of were in it uh, that made it feel like a more, like, up-to-date 2018 movie. Um, so I guess in that aspect, it was really good. Uh, I think it's something that, like, children today will kind of be able to relate to more when watching it uh, as compared to the other one. Um, what are you guys' thoughts real quick on like the live action 2000 Jim Carrey one? I despise that movie. Okay. Yeah. 
I think Jerry loves it. It, it is one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> Sorry. No way. <laughs> I the thing is like I grew up like watching the uh the the 67 one. Shout out shout out to David for getting yeah, me you. right. My bad. Um like I grew up watching that one. I still watch that one and I the people in the in the live action remake are just way too creepy for me. Yeah. I like I love Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura. It was uh one of the first movies I ever watched, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Great movie. <laughs> um but I just I did not like him in the role, and I thought the people the people of Whoville were too creepy for me. Yeah, the makeup I guess, or like the prosthetics that were on their face. Like I don't even noses, know what it was. Yeah, that, it was very very unsettling. Um, There's a lot of like sexual innuendos for a kid movie, which yeah. Lin, uh, Cindy Lou, who was like a, a seven year old in in the original. Yeah, they just like blow it out of proportion, make yeah. it very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And just like I don't know, if they'd made that movie maybe like now with like better like makeup and like CGI and prosthetics, it might have been a little bit better. But like even like the set design, like you could kind of like tell that it was like this cheap cheesy movie. Um, but I guess back to uh, the 2018 one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, so like a lot of what made the original one so timeless was like the storyline, right? You know, it's very different. It doesn't have a lot of like religious or like social aspects that go into it. Um, you know, it's a very, very unique plot line. You know, it's about a Grinch trying to steal Christmas. Um, I pray to God that everyone listening has seen that original movie. Um, so you know what I'm talking about. Um, but again, what makes it so timeless is the storyline. And what the 2018 one wasn't able to do was like switch up that storyline like in any significant way. Um, you know, they added a couple of characters uh, that make it a little cuter and more, a little more fun. Um, but really like... It's if you've seen one, you've seen both of them. Like, it's shot for shot like the same movie, um, and that kind of made it a little less fun for me to watch because I felt like I knew everything was gonna happen. Um, and we talk about reboots pretty much every episode or every you know episode of the show. Um, you know, whenever you reboot something, you kind of have to draw from the original, but also chop it up, switch it. You know, don't be afraid to you know change things in whatever manner you want. Um, but that movie just really wasn't able to do that. Um, you know, I think that's something that's definitely necessary to do. Um, I mean, it's a Dr. Seuss film, so like, I feel like there's, you know, infinite avenues to go down. Um, I definitely think it's something worth seeing uh, just because, you know, it's an interesting take on it. But the fact that the storyline doesn't differ from the original um, at all doesn't really... It doesn't make me feel like this movie is going to be, like, timeless like the other one was. I don't think it's going to, you know, stand that test in the end. So that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I hate reboots a lot. You know, most of the time they're really not good. Um, so, yeah, go see that if you want. Uh, you can go read my article on Central Media if you want to see, you know, you know, more of what I have to say about it. Um, so now we're going to talk about Dancing with Wolves. Um, Dances with Wolves. Dances, I don't know. Yeah, Dances with Wolves. I hope everyone saw it. Uh, last week we talked about it. We said that we were going to be reviewing it. Um, so I did my research. Um, Chris obviously said he saw it when he was a kid, and he watched it again over the weekend. Um, Jerry. Never really seen it. Yeah, Sorry. he's never seen it. But, you know, offer your commentary if you have it. Sure. Um, so I wanted to, you know, just start off by listing the awards that this movie has not only won but been nominated for. Um it's very, very impressive. Um, so this movie won the award for Best Picture. 
best director, best writing and screenplay based on material from another medium. It was based off of a book. Um, best cinematography, best sound, uh, best film editing, best music and original score. Um, so that's seven Oscar no or Oscar winnings. Like they, that's seven. That's very very hard to do. Um, they were nominated for one, two, three, four, five, five other ones. They won a bunch of Golden Globes for it too. Um, they got a bunch of BAFTA awards as well. So this movie is very highly decorated. If you still haven't seen it, despite me telling you to watch it uh, between last episode and this one, uh, it's definitely something worth seeing. Um, so Kevin Costner is the starring role, uh, Lieutenant John Dunbar. Uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal actor. You know, whatever role, uh, I'm trying to think of other things that he's been in. Um, the only thing that comes to mind right now is uh, Superman, or Man of Steel, sorry. Um, but he's a very, very good actor. And so not only did he act in this movie and star in it, but he directed it. Um, I feel like whenever that happens, the actor-director, you know, isn't able to do both roles very well. And it ends up being, you know, not that good of a movie. But, um, you know, his acting in it as well as his directing are phenomenal. I mean, there's a lot that went into this movie. Obviously, the budget was really, really big. Um, I'm trying to find the logistics. I found something about, like, all the animals that were used in it. Um, like, the herds of buffaloes and whatnot. Um, so, yeah. I, ju I just found a, a figure because I, I knew with, like, the scene with the bison hunt that yeah. it was, like, humongous. But I was trying to find, like, an exact figure. So, uh, this says right here that uh, the bison hunt used... 3,500 bison, 20 yeah. wranglers, 24 bareback Native American stunt riders, and 150 extras, and it took three weeks to film with seven cameras. Yeah, wow. and that was one scene. That was one scene. Yeah, yeah. to film that. Um, yeah, I found that same thing too, pretty much. Uh, so they filmed in 30 different locations in South Dakota and Wyoming. Um, you know, you just said 3,500 buffalo. They used three dozen teepees, 300 horses, two wolves, and a small army of Native American extras. Um, that scene was, I don't even know, like five minutes long and it took them that long to film it. Like the, I guess like struggles that they went to, to make this movie, you don't really see, which is kind of impressive, but like, yeah, there's, there's a lot that went into it. Um, and again, the other thing that I found about the Buffalo, um, so that's like a legitimate real life, you know, herd of 3,500 Buffalo. Um, the crew got only one shot of filming Stampede every day, and since the animals had to be, you know, rounded up, and then once they started running, they'd pretty much just keep on running. So you can't really keep up with that big of a herd of buffalo. Um, the trucks began herding the buffalo at 5 o'clock in the morning in the hopes that they would be in position by 11. So they'd pretty much shoot, you know, however many seconds of these buffalo running, and then once they get what they need, the buffaloes just keep going, and, like, they can't get them back until, like, the next day. Yeah, uh, another fact about the bison is that two of them were owned, they were borrowed by uh, rock star Neil Young. Really? Yeah. Two? Yeah, two, two of the bison. He just randomly owned them. They could have done, they definitely could have made this movie with two less bison. Yeah, I mean. That's my very power. fun fact, though. More power to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other like fact I have about this is that it's the highest grossing Western of all time, which I mean, you know, Westerns aren't really, uh, I guess, a fad as much as they were before. Um, I think the closest was, in recent years, True Grit in 2010. 
Uh, I don't know. Did you guys see that? True Grit? I saw it, and I I much prefer the original. Like, I don't I don't know what it was, like, about, like, the, like, the, oh, oh wait, no, I'm thinking Lone Ranger. My bad. Um, the Jeff Bridges <laughs> True Grit movie is actually very good. Yeah, yeah no, never it's... mind. My bad. <laughs> I was thinking the, uh, the Johnny Depp playing, uh, what's his name? Tonto. Yeah. Yeah, Tonto and the Lone Ranger, and that was awful, so. Yeah, but this movie's been out for over 25 years now? about over 25 years. Yeah, and it's still, you know, the highest grossing Western um, do you want to like run through like what the movie is and like what happens in it? I can start off. Um, pretty much, uh, Lieutenant John Dunbar, he isn't a lieutenant at the time, um, gets wounded in battle or I don't even like the scene is very strange in terms of like what actually happens. Yeah. So basically he, he tries learns, to, he learns that his leg, like he gets like shot in the leg or like yeah. he gets injured in the leg and, um, it, he sees that it's supposed to be amputated. amputated. And then he refused the amputation, and he steals a horse, and he just rides, he just rides like just west. Yeah. So, and then um, obviously after like getting through everything, he disappears. Um, he's like back up, back up towards like the north and the east, and he requests a transfer mm-hmm. over because he's a Union soldier. So he requests a transfer over to the newly settled lands in the west and like the Dakotas, Wyoming. Obviously, like. Um, there's the war against the Indians at this time, um, th- from the United States perspective, which is, I have a lot of opinions on it. None of them are good, um, but it still happened. So, uh, I guess we have to talk about it. Um, so he eventually makes it to like the Sioux. Um, this, I, I get, I, I got fuzzy on like what happens exactly. Like when, like how they like befriend it. He finds the, he finds the wolf, two socks. Yeah. He finds the wolf and, uh, he gets like ambushed and so doesn't he get ambushed no so what what happens is like he's in this fort pretty much just by himself and the sioux indian are you know i don't know how far away how did you pronounce that sioux co the sioux sioux uh sioux sorry i'm obviously i'm not indian so i don't know how to pronounce that um do go on. Please, That's the please explain. Indian, just to clarify, Indian is their preferred term. It's not Native American. No, nobody no, was no, no, questioning okay. that. Just, yeah, they were just that. questioning you saying Sioux. Sioux. Yeah, much better. Sioux. There you go. Do go on. Yeah, thank you. Um, so he he's like riding out one day, and then all of a sudden he finds an injured white woman. And obviously she's wearing these uh, like Indian garbs, robes, uh, you know, like traditional of like what they'd be wearing. Um, and she's bleeding at her stomach. Um, it's obviously that she's been attacked. And so he picks her up and she kind of like refuses at first. He picks her up and he takes her around, um, takes her back to her tribe. Um, and they're like, you know, telling them to go away at first. They don't want him there. And he just kind of like drops her off and rides away while they're like attacking him. Um, and then that night, two kids come and they like try to steal his horse. Um, and the horse breaks free and he gets it back. Um, but then like the head chief of the tribe tells like two of the, I think it's, kicking bird and then one of the other indians that wind he, in his hair wind in his hair that mm-hmm. uh they should go and try to like speak with him and like be friends with him and so they go and they have coffee with him and this is kind of like where you start to see uh john dunbar kevin costner kind of like integrate into their culture so they come over to his like little fort and it's pretty much just like a pile of dirt with like a little house and it's him um so they sit down and they have coffee with him and it's not really like a prominent thing but when you see the two indians leave um, they have two of his like copper, uh, I guess like coffee mugs and pots. 
And so like you start to see that, that relationship between him and these Indians build. Um, and that's pretty much like what the rest of the movie is, is like his slow integration, uh, you know, into their lifestyle, into their tribe. Uh, he ends up marrying uh, the injured woman that he finds on the prairie, uh, stands with the fist. I can't remember the actor, but she's actually very, uh, very good in the movie too. Um, and then eventually the army comes back to the post, uh, you know, where he was. But, you know, at that time, that's not where he is because, you know, eventually he kind of like integrated, uh, you know, into their tribe and like fully committed to, you know, living there. Um, so they come looking for answers and they capture him. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I really love the movie. I'm glad that I saw it. Yeah. Uh, like at the end, like with him, like making like the sacrifice. Cause like, he knows that like the Sioux tribe is going to get rat. They're going to get destroyed. Yeah. They're going to get murdered if he stays with them because they know where he is. So, um, eventually him and stands with the fist, they end up leaving really yeah. emotional scene. Um, and then like, just like a column of like soldiers like come and like eventually find the campsite empty so i mean it ends it ends in like in a nice manner i thought the ending was kind of like abrupt and like i don't know i feel yeah. like there there could have been like different ways they could have ended it if i had one complaint with the movie that would be it yeah um our, i talked to my friend dom about this you guys know dom obviously mm-hmm. i asked him what he thought about this movie and he said that it was a three hour waste of time uh <laughs> which is just like such a funny way to put it um yeah, I thought, I mean, it's a long movie. There's an extended version, which is like... I own the extended version. Do you actually? Yes, it's even longer. Yeah. yeah it's um, around like three and a half to like four hours. Like It's very long. Yeah, but it the movie presents like a very, very accurate depiction of uh, like that like that lifestyle at the time. Um, you don't really see... Like a lot of Westerns like feature Indians, but they don't have them, I guess, like you know, that prominent of a role. Well, two of, like, the, the like, not, like, producers, but, like, leading, like, creative directors on the scene were actually, like, Sioux Indians from Canada. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they actually got, like, the real deal. And I know, I don't remember, like, the exact, like, name of the award, but I know that this, like, I know that the movie won a, uh, it was, like, an award for, like, um, culturally um, or historically significant movies like I, it was like a 2007 or something i don't remember the i can look up the yeah i mean i know like they present like a very i guess realistic uh yeah. you know view of it it was added to the national film registry for culturally historical or aesthetically significant films so that's the in the library of congress yeah whenever they say movies so that was 2007 yeah and then the last i guess like bit of information that i guess is uh useful to know about this and like why it's so good and you know accurate in terms of depicting them is that Kevin Costner was actually uh, you know added as an honorary member of the Sioux tribe um, you know how many of how many people can say that they're an honorary member of like an Indian tribe yeah, that's that's pretty cool it, it, it's very it's a very cool fact I'm very jealous <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so if you haven't seen dances with wolves um, please I we cannot recommend it enough it's very very good um, I don't know what movie we're going to talk about next uh, in terms of old movies. Any thoughts? Um, you know, we could probably figure that out during this week. I don't even have any, like, ideas. Yeah, we we were going to do Sharkboy and Lava Girl as a Rotten Tomato review, um, but we're kind of short on time here, and Jared isn't here, and I know Jared 
loves getting into that and talking about bad movies. Um, so hopefully we'll let you know what movie we're going to talk about next week. Um, thank you for joining us. I'm David Auth. I'm Chris Miskey. I'm Jerry Fieser. Thank you for getting real with us today. Um, last week, the outro music was from Westworld. It was a runaway. If you guys haven't seen Westworld, please watch. It's very good. Um, it was the runaway version, um, you know, piano. Uh, so today I've picked something, you know, again, related to what we talked about. So, you know, thank you for, again for joining us and we'll see you next week. Friendship will never die. You're gonna see it's our destiny. You got a friend in me.